0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the remote Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. I am out walking my dog, Harper, as I tape this opening segment. Nice day for a walk. Even if it's a little overcast, but... It's not raining, so that's a, that's a good thing. Well, we have a very uh, college hockey-centric podcast for you, the uh, second podcast of 2023. Uh, we'll be talking with the Union Women's Hockey team as they prepare for uh, ECAC hockey play at uh, Cornell and Colgate uh, this weekend. And i also have a conversation with uh, ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell, who recently announced he's stepping down following the season. Let's start with the Union men's hockey team, and we're going to have a a family reunion uh, Friday night when the Dutchmen take on 18th-ranked Cornell. Uh, The Tupker twins will be facing off against each other, and this will be the first time that they've uh, played against each other. Ben Tupker uh, transferred from Cornell after last season, and his brother Zach is uh, with the Big Red. Uh, They played uh, youth hockey together. Uh, junior hockey together, and up until last season, college hockey together. So uh, this will be the first time they've uh, faced off, and it's going to be a interesting night at uh, Messerink on a Friday night. And uh, on Tuesday uh, at the Union Med- Media Availability, I asked Ben about the matchup. Ben, let's start with you. Obviously, big big game for you facing your brother for the, probably for the first time an opponent. What's it? What's it going to be like on Friday night for you? Face
1: him. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a different uh, experience. Obviously, lining up on the different side uh, for the first time against him. But um, I feel like once it gets, gets uh, underway, the storyline's kind of going to go away. It's just another game. So um, he's gonna be playing his game. And I'm gonna be trying to do mine. So that's about it.
0: When you went through the process of going through the transfer portal um, after the end of last season, did you guys talk about why you were leaving? And did, did he understand the reasoning why? And and the, when you ended up at Union, what was what were his thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously we had uh, some conversations about it. And, I mean, no matter what uh, I decide to do, he's always going to support me. So, um, you know, and that's why uh, we're brothers. So he was great with it, and I think he completely understands. So um, I was super appreciative of how he handled it, everything like that. And once he heard it was Union, obviously he was, uh, you know, happy for me, happy that we were going to have the chance to, to play against each other and see each other a couple times a year. So, yeah, he was great through all the
0: what was it like growing up with him? You know, obviously, brothers, you always have fights and stuff like that, but what was it like? What was the relationship like?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it was awesome. Obviously, just having somebody that you're with 24 uh, 7 that you've uh, gone through everything with, I think is pretty special and a bit unique. So um, it was nice to always have somebody to play, uh, you know, road hockey with or do whatever. So he was always uh, by my side. So I'm sure it'll be like that going forward, too.
0: Is this the first time you guys are going to be up on opposite sides?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, What The the, the decision to come here, what led
1: to that? Yeah, I mean, I think like I've told everybody uh, who's asked, I I love my time at Cornell. I think that I had the opportunity to graduate and I took it and I just felt like it was the right opportunity to, uh, you know, have a new experience in my life. And, uh, yeah, I was obviously super appreciative and grateful when when Union reached out and that opportunity presented itself and I jumped at it. So I'm super happy to be here, but um, I
2: had a great experience over there.
0: I mean, Josh, do you understand the importance of this game for for, for Ben?
2: I, th- I think it's just awesome. I mean, to be able to play against your brother, that's that's amazing. And, you know, um, obviously, I know Zach well, but Ben is, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, we're all a family. So even if even he's on the opposite team, he, he's still part of our family after the game. So, um, you know, like we... But super excited that we have the Topkers as a part of our family. And even if he's, he's wearing the wrong color on, on Friday night, uh, he's welcome to come to any game anytime. So I think it's a pretty cool experience.
0: Chaz, do you, under, do, the, do you guys understand the importance of this for him?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think once we get going, it's just going to be another game. But uh, going in, I, I think it's pretty cool he gets to play against his brother. Coach, to, uh, to get a sweep coming out of the break of New Hampshire to give you guys some really good momentum as you return back into conference play, I mean, you just talked about the uh, the significance of that series.
2: Yeah, I think it's really important to find a way to win those games. Um, you know, you, you come back from break and you're not on the ice, you don't maybe have your your game legs, so to be able to have enough you know gumption to finish those games out, um, I, I know our guys retired tired. that's why we got, we got a little skate in on Monday to try to you know get the legs back and um, just get back into battle mode, but I, I thought the guys you know, were unbelievable at finishing that game out and it was huge for us as a, as a team and anytime you can beat Hockey East opponents and get, and get a sweep is, is really important.
3: And I know we talked before the break about that really tough stretch of non-conference games that you guys had, but that it would set you up for series like New Hampshire when you got back into conference play, so how much do you think those really tough matchups with Quinnipiac, all those teams yes. set you up for success as we move into the back half of the season?
2: Yeah, and I, I think you look at our early non-conference games, I think it, it set us up as well. And then playing, you know, obviously Quinnipiac puts us in a spot of it showed some things we need to improve on. Um, I, I was pleased with now you look at our non-conference record and, and we're 500. And from where we started with that, you know, losing those games early um, says a lot about our guys and just their, their battle level. And, you know, it put us at 500 with, you know, a big one in the Mayor's Cup coming up to, you know, put us hopefully over the top on that. Jim, oh, oh, sorry,
3: uh, so just for the guys real quick, 7-1 uh, and one at home this year, I mean, what is it about, the, what's different about this team, what makes you guys so much more effective when you're playing on your home ice? I'll take that. I think just energy uh, in the rink, I think it's something we all get behind and we practice here every day so we know the ice very well and I think that just helps us in every aspect. So.
1: Yeah, I think just building off what he said, I think our fans have been great this year. There haven't uh, really been any games where it's kind of an empty crowd. It's been, you know, pretty uh, pretty bumping in there every game. So we feed off that energy, and the crowd's been great. So that definitely has helped.
0: Uh, you guys have been last six games against uh, Cornell, oh five and one 2-12 and 2-12-2 uh, over the last 16. What do you got to do to get on top of Cornell on Friday?
3: Chaz? Uh, we just got to play our game, uh, follow our structure, uh, and good things will happen.
0: You obviously were on the winning side last year, and of course you scored a goal in the February 12th game here. What do you remember about that game?
1: Uh, I mean, not too much to be honest. Obviously it was a long time ago. Um, I remember you know, Union had a lot of good pieces last year. They're a good team, and I remember it was a pretty tight contest. So um, obviously was happy to score in that game. So, um, but obviously now being on the other side of things, gonna try and do what I kind of contribute to a win uh, here on Friday.
0: Josh, obviously you were assistant Clarkson facing Cornell what is it about Cornell that makes them tough
2: well I think they're really well coached Um, I think they play a structured game Um, they're they're big physical and hard and they take pucks to the net Um, you know they're they're pretty relentless the way they play and um, yeah you just kind of you got to weather some storms I think they'll they'll get their offensive opportunities um, and they're structured defensively or um, you know they're always competing for championships Excuse me, Chaz, another part of this game
0: Friday is returner Gabriel Siegel, uh, Seager, I mean, to, to the game. What was he like as a teammate?
3: Uh, he's a great teammate, great friend. I'm really excited to see him again. It's been a long time, but once we get the game going, it's just going to be another game. Did you guys understand the reasoning why he decided to go under the transfer portal? Uh, I mean, that was his decision. I just kind of let him make his own decision there. One last one for you, Ben. How would you describe your brother's playing style?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a little biased. I think he's a great player. I think he uh, plays a really good 200-foot game. He's good on the penalty kill. He finishes his hit. So um, I think he's just kind of a, a solid, really good all-around forward with uh, some good skills. So, yeah.
0: On Wednesday, I had a chance to speak with the other half of the Tupker Twins, uh, Zach Tupker. Well, Zach, how much are you looking forward to this game Friday against your brother?
4: Uh, it be, uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I know my parents will, will be in attendance to watch, so the whole family's pretty excited and uh definitely some bragging rights on the table. So it should be uh it should be pretty fun night.
0: Who are your parents gonna root for? <laughs> That's
4: a good question. I, I sure I sure hope it's the big red.
0: <laughs> well, being at Union may have to root for the Dutchman, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
4: So leave we'll that up to them maybe, I don't know. Well, Who knows? Talk, yeah, talk
0: about the relationship with your brother. I mean, you, it sounded like you had to talk with Ben you know, on Tuesday that you guys are um, tight. And very cl- your relationship is very close and tight.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, super, like, growing up, did everything together, um, I think, you know, I think we have a really, really good relationship, talked too much every day, and definitely uh, proud of what we've accomplished. So um, i definitely say it's pretty uh, – it's, it's, I'd like to say so it's as close as you can get with your brother for sure. Yeah.
0: You, uh, you, you played hockey together as teammates, uh, you know, youth, junior up at Cornell. I mean, what was that like to yeah. be able to be a, a, not only a brother but a teammate?
4: Well, I mean, it was awesome, right, just being able to go to the rink with your best friend every day. Um, you know, you can't really beat that. Yeah. Um, Definitely really special just growing up playing minor hockey in the same team. You know, I'm sure it saved my parents a lot of travel time and a lot of headaches, you know, going um, traveling at two separate you know, AAA games and stuff like that. But uh, no, definitely pretty much attached to the hip growing up and definitely uh, definitely my best friend. So pretty, we're, we're pretty close, close in that regard.
0: Yeah, obviously, when you were recruited, to, yeah, both you guys were recruited to Cornell, so was it, was it really a no brainer for you guys to go there together?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely made sense at the time when I was junior hockey. Um, it, it for sure made sense. Yeah. Now when you go to you know, a great program close to home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was only four hours away from my parents, so kind of everything. Um, the starts the line. You know, definitely, definitely great I love my four years in Cornell for sure. Yeah.
0: Now when, um, <laughs> excuse me, when Ben um, decided to enter the transfer portal at the end of last season, what uh, what were your thoughts, and did you, how much you guys did discuss that?
4: Uh, just definitely super supportive of him, you know. I kind of, at the same time, you know, as much as I love his brother, me, and uh, you know, do everything for him, um, you know, definitely. I you know he loved his threes at Cornell. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a choice that he made. Definitely supportive of, him. and I think uh, um, that was just something he made on his own. And super supportive of um, that choice for him, for sure.
0: Yeah. When he decided on Union, me, how happy were you?
4: For him, yeah, at
0: least you're gonna you're gonna see him twice a year.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, when he told me he was um, going to Union. I was pretty uh, pretty excited just to keep him in the ECAC and uh, you know have two nights a year where it'd be a big rivalry night. Um, so I thought that was, that was pretty awesome. I was definitely happy that he chose somewhere where um, I'd still play him a couple times a year.
0: Were you surprised he was named a captain of the team?
4: Honestly, not really. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he's been a leader. Um, growing up, he's always the captain of the, of the hockey teams we played on in junior hockey. He was a captain. Um, he's, I'm not sure how, how much he spoke with him, but you'll notice that he's very well spoken in his words. Um, he lives his life the right way. Um, I know, kind of. He's always made me better. You know, he's been um, you know, always the first one to go to the gym, always the first one on the ice. Um, so I, he's always definitely pushed me to be better. So um, you know, I'm definitely definitely proud of him for uh, making such an impact on the program.
0: I suppose in his first year there. Yeah, I mean, I did a uh, number number of times I spoke with him. He's very you're right. He's very well spoken. I always appreciate that.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, I definitely the way with his words. So uh, definitely proud of him. How would you
0: describe his style of play?
4: Yeah, I think he's a big power forward. Uh, I think he plays the game the right way. Um, I think in the defensive zone, you know, uh, he gets in front of the pucks, uh, makes it hard for defenders to get to the net. Um, I think in the offensive zone, you know, I think, uh, I kind of think of him as a dog. He, can, he definitely competes for pucks, um, will definitely go out of his way to drive a puck to the net, and he's uh, pretty unselfish. Um, he's got a pretty good touch when it comes to passing the puck. Yeah. So, um, He's definitely a handful, I think, down below the dots where he kind of lives and tries down the
0: Yeah, Uh, You guys have a a six-game unbeaten streak against Union. And I'm looking up the stats last year. Uh, Ben scored a goal last year against Union. So, I mean, how how important is this game, not only from the brothers' brothers standpoint, but to uh, keep uh, your distance from Union in the standings?
4: Yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, the back after, year, after Christmas, like every game's a big one, um, especially in the ECAC this year where you don't want to be outside um, that top four standing and have a one-game playoff to get into that 2 out of 3 series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, as I mentioned, every kind of game matters. And, um, you know, Union's uh, pretty hot to come up that sweep of UNH. So um, we're feeling pretty good after the AIC series. Um, so I think it will definitely be a pretty, pretty good matchup. I'm really excited for
0: for Friday night. The meeting of the Tupkers won't be the only family reunion taking place Friday at Mesa. Gabriel Seeger, who played for the Dutchman, is back uh, with Cornell. He transferred after last season. He's the leading scorer for the Big Red this season. Uh, I did ask for a request to interview uh, Seeger, and uh, Seeger declined. So, unfortunately, we don't know uh, why. We still don't know why he transferred, but maybe one of these days he will. Uh, talk about that. Well, coming up, we're going to talk about Union College women's hockey. Of course, the Dutch women with a record setting performance on Monday against St. Michael's with uh, most wins in Division I history, uh, most power play goals, and uh, uh, an individual effort from Celeste Bowden with a five assist. Uh, the Dutch women get back in action in the ECAC play uh, this weekend when they visit Cornell and Colgate. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
5: Hi, this is Clarkson Hockey play-by-play announcer Bob Allfield, and you're listening to the Parting Shots
0: podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. The Union College women's hockey team have fresh off a 6-1 record-setting victory over St. Michael's on Monday. Returns to ECAC hockey play this weekend, and the, uh, the Dutch women visit the 10th-ranked Cornell on Friday and 6th-ranked Colgate on Saturday. The Dutch women, uh, you know, set a record for most wins in the season with their 10th victory on Monday against St. Michael's. They set also a team record for most power play goals in a game with four. Uh, Celeste Bowden set a record for most assists in a game with five and tied the record for uh, most points in a game by a Union women's hockey player with five. So, as I said, Dutch women getting back into action. Tough opponents coming up this weekend. Uh, On Tuesday, I spoke with head coach Josh Skiba, forward Emily King and goaltender Sophie Matsoukas. All right, guys, you get back to uh, league play this weekend and a tough task at hand going to uh, uh, number 10, Cornell Friday, number 6, Colgate on Saturday. What's How are you going to handle that?
6: Um, well, we want to be better uh, coming out of our zone, I think, than what we were uh, last night's game for sure. I think we want to build on some of the things we did offensively. Uh, I thought our D did a really good job last night of being really active. And, uh, we scored some nice goals. Obviously, our special teams was a big part of, of our victory yesterday. So we want to expand on that and continue to to win those opportunities. But, um, for us, it's, it's, it's about us. We've got to focus on what we're doing. Um, we know we've got to play a certain way to compete against the top four or five teams in our league. And I think we're fully capable of it. Um, and I'm interested to see how our, our group handles the, the challenge this weekend.
0: You had over 60 shots on goal that game, but there were a lot of others that, you had chances there. And you gave up and couldn't. You, you probably could have had 75-80 shots on goal. I mean, is there an emphasis to tell these the players you know, shoot the puck when you have the chance, and if you're going in, you have a lane, shoot the puck. Yeah, absolutely.
6: We we want to be aggressive. We want to be shooters. Um, we want people to take advantage of opportunities to get pucks to to the net for sure. So. Um, yeah, we, we want to put as many pucks as we can on net. And I thought yesterday it wasn't like we were putting pucks uh, just from random areas. I thought we did a good job of getting to scoring areas to create chances as well. And, you know, their goalie played well and was there to make some of the saves. Um, you know, but I thought we did a good job of, of creating scoring
0: opportunities. Emily, you're just a half point out of the final, which there's actually two playoff spots. There's a tie with the St. Lawrence and Princeton for that 7 8 slot. And going up, you know, facing a Tough teams in Cornell and Colgate. What do you have to do uh, to, you know, at least try to get some points out of this weekend?
7: Um, well, yesterday I think I had a unique perspective of watching the game from above, and I think that one thing we did well was uh, like we, you were just saying shooting pucks. But I think that we have another step in us and like another level of speed that I think we didn't bring out yesterday. And I think that like seeing it from above it now i sort of like can put more into perspective what we need to do more this weekend like cornell and colgate are way faster teams and i think that we sometimes play to the level of the team that we're playing and i think that this weekend we can play faster with these teams and then also with getting those shots like we don't want to just throw pucks on net from anywhere like we do want to take the extra second to maybe make a move and get a puck on net from the right angle because we have the scale and patience to do it. And I think that um, just being able to watch it was
0: interesting. Are you ready to play this weekend?
7: Yeah, I should be.
0: <laughs> was it tough sitting out uh, the game?
7: It's the worst thing ever, yeah.
0: <laughs> so for you, you weren't really tested that much, especially the last two periods. I mean, How do you stay sharp, in, especially going into this weekend? Because you're going to face two quality teams.
8: Mm-hmm. I kept telling people after the game that that was probably the hardest game I've ever played it's so hard to get two shots a period or four shots and it's just like, just to stay like mentally in the game and that just challenged me to make sure that I was there for when they shot. The second period, they only came down at the second half of the first, the second period, so at like 10 minute mark. So that was just forcing me to like, make sure that I was in the game and make sure that like, obviously I didn't wanna let them score and make sure that like I was dialed in and ready for those shots no matter when they came.
0: You set a team record yesterday with the tenth win, for the first goaltender to win ten games at the uh, D one or even D three level. What does that mean to you?
8: Um, it's crazy. <laughs> I just I think it shows like the hard work and everything I've put in to get myself to be in this position and help the team win these games. And just it feels good to be a part of the record.
3: Coach, uh, can you just kind of explain the significance of not only just the program record of wins of the season, but how quickly you guys have done it? I mean, with with about half of your schedule left still to play.
6: Yeah, I think it's it's a tribute to the players. I think um, they've put themselves in a position this year to be a super competitive team um, and they've, they've seen the results and, and earned the results because of it, right? So, um, as I said last night, I think we're very fortunate to be part of this program, right? I think we we as coaches get to coach these players every day you know these guys get to play games and, and practice every day but there's been a lot of people i think that have come before them coaches players staff members whatever it is that have helped us prepare to be in this moment right so um a lot of a lot of credit go to our players though they, they've done a great job of, of earning this and i think uh creating the kind of culture that allows us to have this type of success
3: so um i'm just honored to be able to coach them and from the players' perspective, I mean, how much does it push you to, to go even further? I mean, yeah, you've got the record, but now how does that, you know, motivate you guys to have an even better season and continue on what you've already accomplished?
7: Um, I'd say we're a really competitive team, so pushing that record. So, I don't know, people don't break it or just, like, winning more and more games. Nobody wants to lose, and I think that just taking it day by day with that
8: competitive edge, we will – keep pushing the record more and more I think we want to show like how competitive and how good of a team we have this year so showing that like make it harder for next year next year's team to break this record because of how good the team was this year so just keep pushing and competing against all these teams and getting a better record
0: coming up I'll speak with ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell who's stepping down at the end of this season you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast.
3: There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game.
5: This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association.
3: Hi, this is you, Albany men's basketball
4: coach Dwayne Killings. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott.
0: Welcome back to the podcast. On December 22nd, ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell announced. He will be retiring at the end of this season, ending a long association with the ECAC Hockey League and its predecessor, the ECAC. Uh, Hagwell came aboard uh, in the, with the ECAC in 1999 as assistant commissioner to Phil Buttafioco. Uh, five years later, the hockey portion of uh, the, the conference uh, broke away uh, from uh, ECAC and made themselves a separate league from uh, the uh Uh, conference, and uh, uh, Hagwell became the commissioner of the uh, ECAC Hockey League and has served that uh, role uh, for a long time here. And then uh, at the age of 60, he decided he's ready to retire and uh, do something else. Uh, On Wednesday, I sat down with uh, ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell to talk about uh, his decision to retire and uh, look back at his career. Well, Steve, uh, what led you to this decision to retire? Well, uh, we had some,
5: uh, I've been thinking about it for a while. I've had some uh, family um, issues, isn't the right word. Uh, my wife's brother passed away this summer. He was going to be 63, worked all his life, and well, I'm done Or well, you know it. Um, you know, my father passed away young, and he was in his mid-60s, and... and and then the landscape is changing. It's a combination. It wasn't just that. Uh, just the whole landscape is changing, and and I'm a dinosaur, and I know it. And um, in some ways, I'm, hey, that's who I am, and it's just time. It's just time for me to
0: step out and hand over the reins to someone else who can lead this league to uh, greater heights. What, what, talk about the landscape changing. What do you mean by that?
5: Uh, the whole—you know—the NCAA is going through certainly a, a, a huge restructuring, and um, college athletics is 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 different, um, and, and and not in a bad way. It just is, and um, you know, I grew up in in this in the environment, the NCAA environment, and was fortunate to spend some time there before my current role, and and um, it's you know again time flies. And and here I am. I just turned 60 um, in September. And um, yeah, it's time. But uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell.
0: What did you like about the job?
5: Oh, I love the the people. (laughs) It's been the best part far and away. I've said many times to people when I've talked um, about it, it, you know, if you take the people out of it, um, it's just, I'm, it's a desk job, and I'm pushing paper. And um, it's always been the people, the administrators, the coaches, the student athletes, the staff, and volunteers, uh, and the fan. It's just, it's always been the people. Far and away, the best part of the job.
0: Now, you became commissioner when the hockey portion of East, the ECAC split from the uh, Centerville, Massachusetts office back in there in the early two thousands. How important was it to separate? the hockey portion of it from the rest of ECAC?
5: Um, it's I don't know if I'm the right person to answer that question. I mean, I was in the midst of it, and um, it, it, it happened, and and it, it, we kind of knew it was going to happen, and that was unfortunate because I was working for Phil at the time, Phil Buttafoco, and he brought me to the ECAC, and, and it was just unfortunate for him and, and the way it went down, but it but it did. And um, it was just a different time. If you remember, the CCHA was going pretty strong at the time, the old CCHA, not the new one, mm-hmm. the WCHA and Hockey East. And there just was this, um, and, and it's my, my look on it, there was this gap that was widening. They were they were churning out um, their championships pretty well, um, making you know it's all about money, not all about money, but they were doing pretty well from a mon- monetary standpoint. And it, and there was just the separation that that was continuing to grow. And they all had their own commissioner, and they were single sport conferences slash leagues, and and the ECAC was was connected to the broader ECAC, and it was just something needed to happen and and it did and uh the split occurred in april of 2004
0: but how much did that really help the, the conference because i think once that happened you saw what happened in the 2010s with you know, yale winning a national championship union winning a national championship Quinnipiac playing a couple of uh, frozen fours i think harvard was there once i mean just how, how important was that um to, to split and, you know, be just a hockey-centric conference?
5: I think it was very important. And I guess I would defer to others who, who were part of that and at their respective programs. But it certainly played out as you just described. I mean, there was a little bit of a certainly um, – it was shortly thereafter that uh, Vermont decided to to move to hockey east, and then Quinnipiac was added to to ECAC hockey, and and um, things just started to change. And and you're right, we we there were all the references you made of the teams that uh, won the national championship, advanced to the Frozen Four. It Took a little bit of time, but with you know the coaches really did a great job of recruiting and and the student athletes, certainly that they, they brought in. Um, and it started to bear fruit, and and um, things started to progress, and and here we are today. And, and seems like yesterday in many regards, but um, you know it, it, it took a little while, but it, it was all worth it.
0: Yeah, you know, the league had this reputation of being easy, aac, because everybody thought they were you know the, the league was basically pushovers. But when Union got to the Frozen Four 2012, and Yale won it in 13, and Union wins it in 14 did that that reputation finally go away?
5: Uh, I don't really didn't really pay much attention to those individuals who would spout off on things they had no knowledge of and I guess I won't comment on it today. (laughs) So if there are still people out there that are spouting that, hey, that's that's their doing and I I don't pay attention to them.
0: Uh, You got the, the conference tournament back to Lake Placid after I think it was uh, almost 11-year absence, or you know, it was last there, 2012, or 2002, I mean, and then it came back in 2014. How important was it to get the tournament back up there?
5: I, for me, it's the only place that this league should be. Um, and if that were to happen with the, the women as well down the road, um, I, I'm a huge advocate for Lake Placid. Uh, I will admit that being a Michigan guy, and first time I well was on the Cape and traveled to Lake Placid, I was like, "Oh my gosh, where is this place?" <laughs> it was a little bit of a ride from uh, from Centerville, Mass, to, to Lake Placid. But uh, I've said it many times on radio interviews and, and with media when we're up there that once you get once you go, if people have never been there, you'll always go back. I, I love that place. Um, it's it's special. Um, I, I say a lot that it's magical, which may sound a little corny, but it's it just there's just something about it, and, and um, I love Lake Placid, and will always be a huge advocate. And I think it's definitely the home for for
0: this league. Yeah, of course, it had been in Albany for 2003 to 2010, and then there was the Atlantic City experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you do you regret that going down there? I mean, it seemed to, to some of us it was sort of like the league went after the money.
5: I don't regret it, I mean again, things you know you look back and, and there were just different variables in play and and you know when we left Lake placid um when the league left Lake placid it, what was it two thousand and two was the last championship yeah, I mean, you know Albany had just hosted the Frozen four um a couple of years prior and and were doing regionals on a regular basis and and certainly the frozen four the crowd was this was before the um, they had the facility limits now where they can't host it but in terms of attendance and it, it just seemed like hey um it was the the right move and in the first couple of years it was electric i remember harvard and cornell playing in the in the first final there, I think, and went to overtime and the crowd was fantastic. And the second year was was the same, was a little bit less. And then, and then things just started to change and you had the snowstorm, I think it was in 2007, and and it, it just for eight, after eight years, it was like, okay. And ironically, the locals, I call them the locals, Union or RPI, I think Union got to the final in
0: 2010. It does, was it? Yeah, they did the final against Cornell that year, yeah.
5: Yeah, and, and so, and RPI didn't make it, unfortunately, for them. And and I always made comments to my colleagues from Hockey East or people in Hockey East. It's like, hey, it's like going to the Garden and having, never having BU and BC there. I mean, is that going to impact your crowd? And and it did for us. And so then Atlantic City came. I mean, we, we went out looking for sites and possibilities. And, um, you know, the, the, the Lake Placid issue was always the sheet. Right. And, and I don't dismiss the comments from coaches of, Hey, you play all your games on a 200 by 85 NHL size rink, if you call it. And then you go up there and you play your three biggest games of the year from the league standpoint on a bigger sheet. And so, I mean, so we looked around and Atlantic city, did that beautiful facility, um, love to take that facility and transplant it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we took a shot and it didn't work. Um, but hey, we tried and tried to make it work, and, and it just didn't. It just wasn't to be. And so, do I regret it? No. Um, did it work the way we wanted to? No, not at all. And uh, but we took a shot.
0: Of course, now Lake Plaza does have the regulation size, which I think helps up there, right? Yes, yes. immensely. And they've done a great job, and all the renovations they've done
5: on the facility now, and, and tied to the the World University Games that they're. Hosting currently, um, but yeah, the facility looks great. New lighting boards. Um, they got the sheet, the NHL size. They can they can change it to, to back to the Olympic size when they have other events if they want to do so. So it's great. Yeah.
0: What are you most proud of? Uh,
5: uh, the the, in the entire league. I, I I've never. I don't, it's. I've never looked at it that way, Ken. I mean, it's It's not about me. I've been blessed and privileged and honored to be in this role, and sometimes I wonder, man, gosh, how did I – I don't deserve to be in this role, And I, but I'm in it. So, again, I, I guess what I'm most proud of is the relationships I have with the, everybody in this league from, again, the administrators treat me and coaches better than I deserve, um, and I've met so many – good friends and colleagues and people that I interact with. And and that's been the best part and will always be the best part for me.
0: Any uh, regrets?
5: I probably should have a lot, but I don't. (laughs) Um, No, no, I I, I don't have any regrets.
0: What? Is, is the league solid at this point as you get set to leave? And what is the future going to be like? Especially, you know, we're hearing, you know, obviously it looks like NCAA is going to be expanding championship tournaments. Um, yep. I mean, realignment is something realignment down the road for this league?
5: Um, if that's what they want, um, I hope that plays out. Only if they want it to be. Um, it, I hope it doesn't happen any other way. But that's for me selfishly to, to stay the way it is, but change happens. So you're right. I, I don't know how the entire landscape for the NCAA is going to change good, better and different. There, there are going to be changes. And um, so, how that impacts this league moving forward, I don't know, but the, the administrators and the coaches and, and staff, and they're committed to this league and that, that's, that's, I mean, they deserve all the credit. I mean, they've, They've shaped this league. I mean, you know, I've gotten to serve in the role of commissioner. But again, I I report to them. um, I work for them and with them. And and, um, so all the positives that have occurred have been because the administrators and coaches have said, hey, let's do this. And do I make recommendations in my role? Sure. Um, And do I have that rare vote every now and then? Yes. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, the staff serves at uh, the, at, you know, um, for the administrators and the coaches and the programs. And and so moving forward, um, I hope everything materializes the way the people in this league want it to. Yeah, you
0: know, we haven't touched on the women's league that at, at much, but uh, Clarkson's had an incredible run there in 2010, winning three championships. Colgate got to the Frozen Four. Uh, Have you seen the development of this women's league over the years? I mean, you see unions finally starting to get get going here now. I mean, h- how proud are you of the development of the women's uh, conference? Oh yeah, it's it's been great. It's been fantastic. And and you look at
5: this the league as it currently sits today. I mean, we had five teams in the NCAA tournament last year, five out of eleven, and we're sitting. We started today. we have five again, and um, certainly the best women's league in the country, in my opinion. I'm obviously um, uh, you know, biased, um, but I think that they, they prove it. And uh, again, it, I don't separate it, but the men, the programs, the, the coaches and administrators and student athletes on, on both sides. I mean, they're doing a great job, um, fantastic job. And they are where they are because of their commitment to their programs and to the league as a whole. And, and, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about winning, you know, competitive, being competitive and winning, and um, hopefully, and in, in, as I close out my time, we'll have men's and a women's champion uh, on a national basis, and um, yeah, the, I, I think that, you know, the women's league is, is in great, it is in great position. It's come a long way. I mean, the team's added over the years, you know, um, not as a group, I mean, it used to be the old league with uh, the mixture of now East uh, hockey East teams and college hockey America teams, and and that's that's um, you know they've built it over over the years, and, and um, so they've done a great job. And Clarkson winning those three national championships was was fantastic, something I'll never forget. And. Um, Hopefully they or another team from our league will win one um, this year or or titles in the future, and and I think they certainly do have the the, uh, talent to do so. Of course,
0: 2014 was a magical year for the conference with Clarkson women and union men winning. I mean, that would be the pinnacle.
5: Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was pretty special. Um, I... Be lacking if I tried to put it into words. It was really, really special, and just like the Yale and Quinnipiac playing for the national title. I mean, the downside was somebody was going to lose, Um, but um, you got even guaranteed a winner, and so that was that was certainly unique as well in the men's side in 2013.
0: I know we touched on the playoff change format change um, last month, but what have you heard from coaches? uh fans about the change. I mean I talked talk to some of the coaches and they're sort of not thrilled with it.
5: Uh there was I got some comments um you know after the announcement but it has been quiet since and I I might have had one email from a fan. Um so that that's what i have been answer on that side. Um it's a format that um we're utilizing and um we'll see how it plays out here in March. You gonna miss me? Yeah, no, I
0: hope I'm, I, I'm
4: not going away from,
5: like, I hope I'm not banished somewhere and going away. Um, I, I'll, I'll be around, and, and who knows, I, I've, I've kiddingly told some of the uh, um, folks in our league that I'm going to continue to try to walk in the back door, and the, the time when somebody says, who the heck are you, uh, go away, then I'll know my time has passed.
0: <laughs> Final question, uh, what, for the next commissioner, what advice would you give that person?
5: Um, that the job and the role, as great as it is, and it is great, it, it's, it's not about you. It, it, it's about the league, and uh, that's one thing. And um, the other thing is how great the people are and how committed they are, and, and uh, you know, this individual will enjoy working with them. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's the best league in the country. And if I, if I can do anything to help, I will. But, uh, again, it's not about the person. I mean, that frankly, I mean, off the cuff a little bit and I don't maybe off the record, but I I didn't like telling some people, you know, when they asked me what I did, I would say I work in college athletics. and I oversee a college hockey league because when you say commissioner, some people take that and go, I mean, over the top. And it's like, it's not about me. You know, it's not about you. It's, it's you're there to serve in a, in a role. And, and there are a lot of people involved in this league. And can you uh, volunteers, like I said earlier, and that's what it's about, serving those people and making sure that this league um, you know, moves forward and, and you give those people the respect and, um, that they deserve. Because they are the league.
0: Steve, I appreciate a few minutes. Uh, Congratulations on a a great run and uh, enjoy retirement.
5: Well, well, like I said, I'll be around. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I appreciate it. So, thank you.
0: I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football Contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
8: So, how are the kids? Well, Emily made the honor roll. Oh, good for her. Yeah, we're really proud of her. Tyler, on the other hand, though. What's going on? He's been moody lately, just feeling down and not
6: like himself. Oh, we've been there. Nick was struggling last spring. He was so anxious and stressed. Really? What helped? Well, he joined the soccer team. And ever since, he's been a lot happier. He has more energy. He's less stressed and he's definitely in a better mood at home. It's made a huge difference. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting out of the house, he's getting some exercise, and he's off his phone for once. It's been good for
8: his mental health. Sounds like it's been good for your mental health, too.
5: Participating in New York high school sports improves students' physical and mental health. Encourage your son or daughter to get involved. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association.
7: This is Daily Gazette reporter, Shenandoah Breer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Schott.
0: Back to wrap up the podcast. The week 17 winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick a Football Contest was Brenda Snesnat of Niskiuna. Brenda wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Brenda. The VIP winner was Scott Lucier of Terry Morris Ford. I went 11-4 last week to improve to 163, 90, and 2. I am three games behind U-Pickham leader Andrew Crowns of Glenville Beverage. My Gazette colleague Adam Schinder went 12 and 3. He is 156, 97 and 2. I'll announce the winner of the U pickham Football Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play in the contest, go to DailyGazette.com and click on the U-Pickham football banner. Keep checking out DailyGazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on how COVID-19 is affecting us in the capital region. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this situation. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so do it for yourself, do it for your family and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the party shots podcast. I want to thank members of the union college men's and women's hockey teams. Cornell's Zach Tupker and ECAC Hockey Commissioner Steve Hagwell for being a part of the show. i have Union Hockey Postgame podcast Friday and Saturday after the Dutchman's games against Cornell and Colgate. I hope you'll listen. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.